As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the spoiler episode of Sif Pop. What's the spoiler theme song this time? Avoid this movie at all costs. Was that good? <laughs> you didn't even say spoilers in there, were you? Oh, spoilers. There you go. Very nicely done. <laughs> Welcome to another spoiler edition of Sif Pop. We're going to spoil Love the Coopers. It's really interesting uh, that you said avoid this movie at all costs. I was because we just got through. Well, I know, but we just, we just got through an entire podcast conversation where we basically said there's actually some good stuff here. But, but it's so hit or miss that actually that's how I come out too. going, you probably don't need to see it. No, I think other movies do it better. I mean, if you want to have a heartwarming story about how people are just getting honest with themselves and other people, there's other movies that do it so much better. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 okay, but I wouldn't so recommend it. Now that we have free reign to talk about plot points, if you want to hear our general review, uh, go back to the previous uh, episode of the podcast and you'll be able to hear us talk non-spoilery. What is there spoiler-wise that we should get into? Um, I feel, I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. Do you think that they put Anthony Mackie's character in there just so they could have a diversified character in there? Uh, oh, here's our uh, black gay character, and so you're not overcumbered. <laughs> Check two boxes. Yeah, so yes. you're not overcumbered by this white Anglo-Saxon Protestant entire film. He's like yeah. the only... And they made him a police officer. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It's I, I feel like they, they had a list of everything that they could possibly happen in human culture that needs to be addressed. Although, and they just went check, 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 check. Although his... they didn't really talk about racism, did they? No. They missed that one. Racism was not on the list. Maybe they were trying to say something with him being a police officer. I don't know. Because that's well, like a it, real hot topic. It was really interesting the way he talked about his mom talking to him Ooh, that was actually I'm like well this is getting real quick. Yeah. no but that's it would do that this movie would do that uh where you've got these characters that are just opening up straight blunt conversations to each other and then it just drops something and it gets real it gets really really real and you're like whoa your truth is intense and so, then it just hands like, it off to the next story he's well, robotic because he's a cop oh wait no he's no, not he's robotic because no. his parents told him they had that he had to or his mom specifically yeah that role play too high moment, of expectations that role play moment was really powerful yeah very in the movie has several of those uh we talked about the the grandfather moment with the waitress here's a relationship with a young woman in a in a much older man where they both aren't really sure what the relationship is. It's not really it's romantic. Like a no, no, it's no. A, it's like a mentorship. It's a, it's it's a, a friendship. loving mentorship. It's a, but there's but there's some there's some depth there that just isn't you know in yeah. most relationships. And like so you know she uh, she's when he's you know getting carted off. And by the way, that's one of the huge spoilers. He has a heart attack at it's at the stroke. dinner. A stroke. Okay. At the dinner. 
So when he's getting carted off, she feels like I need to go give him a kiss. Yeah. You know, that's what this relationship is. But she wanted and to express her, exactly, her care for but, him in that but way. It's, but it's very deep. And it wasn't and like a make-out kiss. It wasn't romantic. It, it wasn't was, a romantic no. kiss. No, it was like an honorable, like, just a, an honorable kiss. It was kiss. just love. That's all it was. Yeah. There was nothing exactly. romantic. I think that relationship spoke to the complexities of what love is, though. Like, I that appreciated it's, that. That it's nuanced, you know, that it's mm. it's very... It's a very strange thing we have, you know, with each other. Yeah, I appreciated that. I appreciated that relationship. I thought if, if there's anything that I kind of wanted to go into, it's I was disappointed with the I kind of wanted to go more into the detail about being disappointed with the scene where everyone gathers for dinner. So it gets awkward. There's arguments that are starting to happen at the table and then the lights go out, which we saw coming if you were listening to in the in the police car. In the background, in the police car, there was all the, the chatter, and mm-hmm. and on the chatter was it was talking about various uh, power outages, power outages that were happening. That. I didn't so, either. Um, that was mentioned once, and then traffic being rerouted was mentioned twice. So something was going to happen in one of those two fields. I knew, but anyway, so the lights go out, comes back on. Two people that are like in a love hate relationship they just met at an airport are making out. One person's grabbing the wine, the dog has the food, and grandpa's passed out the potatoes. So, like, that was like, there was one of those cliche moments where I was like, really? Like, and then we're cutting over to, you know, the hospital scene. And yeah. So, so just to, to kind but of. We jumped right into the middle without giving a lot of context. I think, see, that's the thing though. How do you contextualize a movie like this other than saying it's several members of a family, you know, coming together for Christmas dinner in several different ways. You know, it's, you'd have to get pretty detailed to... You could just see the movie and it would be quicker than, <laughs> than right. trying to explain that's it. That's right. Yeah. That's true. It is There's true. There's just so much that well, happens. They do They do everything that you would expect a movie to do in, in, in some ways. Like, for example, you've got Olivia Wilde's character and then this army guy who meet. And he is the conservative Christian and she is the liberal. Mm-hmm. And she and they get into arguments, but yet are also attracted to each other. And she's it's a, it's a lot of what is it called? Like monologuing. Like each of these characters at some point in time seems to just be doing some sort of monologuing. And Olivia Wilde's character does it the most where she's just like, you know, I just feel this way about this. And she's just constantly pouring out her truths to this complete stranger which that was a really unbelievable thing to me, but at the same time, it you know, I bought that. It served I, that the wasn't movie. unbelievable to me. I mean, I, I bought it for a movie. Like I'm willing to it served the movie, but yeah. it's, it was. If what, I can buy Aaron Sorkin <laughs> script, nobody I can buy talks him. in real life how Aaron Sorkin makes his characters talk. Was right. this an Aaron Sorkin? No, no. no I'm oh just God, saying, no. This I'm was... just saying, like that that whole idea oh, of people yeah, yeah, having yeah. a brilliant thing to yeah, say yeah. or a very creative way to say it. I can buy in a movie. For mm-hmm. me, it's moments where people are making out in the middle of a mall, in a, or and then in, the in front of, of their a, family. <laughs> no, or just like oh, that was so where it's ridiculous. That was so comfortable. Let's talk about the the writer of this movie is the same guy who wrote P.S. I love you and kate and leopold uh that that and somehow that this is making sense. more sense now yeah so um aaron you have teenage boy i do you have several now mm-hmm. no no teenager acts like that okay andrew when you were a young boy growing up i didn't try had... and bite the face off of a girl <laughs> inside the mall but then would you feel comfortable doing that in front of your parents and your entire family at a hospital in the waiting room while your grandfather is potentially dying I don't feel comfortable having a girl in the same room with my parents. <laughs> okay. To this day. So In this movie, there is no joke. There you're basically watching two teenagers in the discovery of what foreplay is. Well, the joke is that 
that teenagers can't kiss very well. Right? Yeah, but that's a joke for the mall. That doesn't. That's. It's no longer a joke when they're bringing it in front of their family in the hospital. Well, it's no longer a joke when it looks that. Nobody looks that, that ridiculous. Nobody looks that that bad. is just. It's. But can it's we just so... pause for a second and say that this is entirely possible and acceptable if the grandparents are also able to do what they did in the waiting room in front of the whole family too. Maybe this is just a family thing. I don't, I'm telling you that I hated that part. That was so over the top. I mean, like there was a lot that was over the top, but that you know, here these two characters, the matriarch and patriarch character who have been, you know, the grand uh, the, that have been the central, like they're not going to make it. They're just faking a family happiness to get through Christmas. And then they're going right. to get divorced. Right. Suddenly are falling back in love with each other. And it's almost like they looked over and saw the young kids making out. And they're like, you remember what it was like to be, you know, in love. And then they start making out. And but it it's was ridiculous. So it's not, nobody, nobody displays public Bef- affection like that. Before that part, though, was one of my least favorite parts of the entire movie is the entire time John Goodman's character is trying to get Diane Keaton's character to go on this trip to Africa with him. And she finally agrees to go with him through this entire movie. They've been struggling. She's been saying, no, no, no. And at the end of the movie, she goes, Okay, I'll go with you. And everybody in the audience goes, yes. And then all of a sudden, John Goodman's character goes, ah, never mind. Let's just go to a restaurant. And everybody's like, what? No, unacceptable. Now we are John Goodman's character trying to get them to go to Africa. Yeah. That I was disappointed with. And at the same time, I'm like, I mean, I can. I love that. And I'll tell I you can, why. I can, I can tell see, you exactly why I, I think that I can see that, that happening perfectly. in my relationship, too. Like, I felt like John Goodman had looked at his family and realized that their son who had been looking for a job for a long time, he had been lying to them about having a job and they just realized that he didn't have a job and he was like not doing well. And so he was sacrificing the trip because he found out his son needed him. That's, That's the reason. But I can tell you, uh, uh, this is a married thing. You just want them to be willing to to say it. You just want them to honestly be willing to do it. That's the moment. It's That's not the most actually important thing. validation. Of it. Yeah, it's not the actual going to Africa that was really important to him. It was being it's validated. The, it was being validated that it was important, mm-hmm. and you saw that on his face during that moment. That was his best acting moment for me. Was when he found out that information. His eyes lit up. His eyes lit up like a kid at Christmas. I mean, it was just forgive the you know the obvious uh, reference, but but I I think it was I thought that was beautiful, and in that moment he knew. He already had everything he wanted. He didn't need to actually go to Africa. This is a Christmas miracle movie. It it the the movie postulates that all these people were going through such trauma, and that by getting together, the, they were forced forcing themselves to get together and not have a good time. And by meeting strangers and allowing themselves to be vulnerable in new ways, they all had a change, and then they had a good Christmas together, even though they were in a hospital cafeteria. So this is a Christmas miracle movie. So we get to the end. He right. has the stroke. They all go to the hospital. Uh, he in... pops out of bed all of a sudden. He's fine. And the, well, narr- the narrator tells us, suddenly, Grandpa had a hankering for some lime jello. Mm-hmm. And then he so, gets up and goes and stands in the doorway of the cafeteria watching his children and all these people coming together to have a delicious meal at the cafeteria. And, and a dance party. Dance party. God. It was awful. That was awful. That was bad. That was so bad. I, I think it was ridiculous. I also think, I also know what the movie was trying to do. It was He's trying to make... standing in a hospital I gown. I know, but he was trying to make a point. Holding his IV. I understand. With He's... his butt hanging out. What was <laughs> well, the point, Aaron? <laughs> I, I think that what the movie was trying to do 
was to say, despite all this stuff that Christmas brings up, future, past, emotions, relationships, all that stuff, if we learn to see what's in front of us in the moment, I think there's even some, some dialogue to this, some narration to this effect. If we learn to see the joy in front of us in the moment, we can celebrate like that stuff doesn't exist. We can celebrate like, you know, in what we have right now. So I think that's where it was trying to go was to say, you know, all those themes we've been talking about, about, you know, uh, our, our past and, and what weighs on us and what our relationships are. Those are valuable. Those are interesting. Those are important. But we always have a choice to experience what's in front of I us now. I think this this proves our conversation we had in our lo- no longer safe episode recently. Like you have a choice on what can, to be offended about. Mm-hmm. The sister yeah. had a choice about no longer being offended about her sister. You know, the the new relationship had a choice to not be offended right. about each other's different views. Yeah, it really is about grace and contentment in some ways. There are two know. things we promised that we would talk about in the original podcast. We oh, talked, I know. We promised we'd talk about the narrator. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there. Okay, and then we talked about the best scene in the movie. Okay. The best scene in the movie, the two tears shed by myself, was absolutely when the grandfather character returns to apologize to the waitress. And told her she was brave. That yeah, was... and that she was a... How did I, oh, I wish you're not, a, you're not a coward, you're brave. And I, I wish I was just typing out like what he was saying. That's what I'm saying. Some of this, some of this writing was, was, was really powerful. good. Some of this writing uh, was good. Yeah. He called her something like she was like a carriage, like a, like he called her some kind of a carriage of some kind, or at least that's a visual that came to my mind when he was talking. Cause I was, I did not expect to get emotional. I was like hit I well, was like, I was struck. But here's the turn. Here's the turn of what what the movie does to you is it says in that moment, she saw him as he saw himself. And he when you look back at him, man. it's his younger self. Mm-hmm. And you re- that is so right. That is so real. And this is another point the movie made throughout the movie is that we see ourselves as the child version of ourself. No matter how old we get, how mature we get, we're always that kid. Like we're always yeah. who we were. And what I appreciated is that there's this young waitress person who can see beyond age and can be- mm-hmm. can see beyond and that love for her. I honestly related to that a lot because mm-hmm. I view people very similarly. And I and but- I found myself relating to every single character in some way, which like we talked about isn't a surprise, but we haven't had the heart to tell you. Justin's <laughs> actually in his seventies. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> My husband's an old man. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that was crazy. I I was really not expecting to. Yeah. But it felt like he was speaking truth to someone. And there's something about when you realize you've done something wrong and you need to go apologize. There's two people that did this in the movie: the grandfather character and then Olivia Wilde's character. They realized they messed up and they went back to apologize and they went back to be honest about and they and they decided not to wait. So, for example, you know, Alan Arkin's character did it right though. He did. A, <laughs> he did a good job. Yeah. She well, she went back and she apologized and they got into another like little. Back You're talking about forth. the first time she went and apologized at the airport. At the airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I I've done that before. Where so I've, let's talk about that. I've before had to we... go and apologize for something that was really awkward and I needed to apologize for, and it's it's you just got to get very it over real with. Thing. You need to go do it. It is yeah. a very real thing. Uh, I like and... how he said the grandfather said, "I didn't want our last conversation to be remembered as, as our last our, convers- our last conversation." Yeah. I like that line. Yeah, that was good. Uh, before we get to the narrator, because that's really like the you know the the coup de gras of the spoiler section. Can we can we talk about the narrator being the worst character of the entire? Okay, <laughs> before we get there, uh, you speaking of Olivia Wilde and his name again, Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey's uh, relationship. I loved 
that it was off again, on again. And I found it interesting at the end that she was the one running after him where usually it's kind of the guy who chases after the girl after they've let them down. I found that Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, And I, I don't know. There was something about their relationship that worked for me Mm. all the way through to Mm -hmm. the end. I agree. For me, the best line in the entire movie was from Jake Lacey to Olivia Wilde. The best line in the entire movie is like, the first time I saw her, she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, and I could imagine spending the rest of my life with her. And he goes in this whole poetic. It was beautiful. beautiful. And then all of a sudden he just goes, and you were standing right next to her. (laughs) I thought that was was the best line in the whole movie. That actually got an almost out, like a guffaw laugh That got a lot of laughter. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Okay, let's talk about the narrator. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) Steve Martin, what are you doing? How, I have not been, I can't remember the last time there was like a narrator, like a really obvious narrator. Mm-hmm. This movie is narrated the and entire it is narrated, time. We have to say, if you're just watching the movie, it is an omniscient narrator. It yeah. is a narrator who knows everything that's going on. He mm-hmm. knows people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. He knows their what past. they're feeling. He knows their past. Mm-hmm. So in most cases, this is an outside omniscient source, whether it be somebody who has died and passed on and that's how they know all these or things. It's just a or it's God. just a God oh, figure, a narrator. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, so in this movie, it's, it's something not, else. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that coming because you can't see that coming because he talks in third person. And yeah, yeah. Can, should we just say it? It's the I'll dog. Say, it's, it's the, the dog. dog. The dog. Their family dog is the narrator. <gasps> it's the Saint Bernard. Now, the movie. Okay, so the movie does this thing where you know the dog is an important part of the story. Yes, yeah. it's because it's emphasizing the, the whole time. The dog the whole time. You but know, you it, think it's because something's going to happen with the dog. The dog's going to play a role. And they like, they use the dog as a, a visual example of how to feel in certain scenes. So, for for example, when the matriarch patriarch are really starting to fight about mm-hmm. this relationship is over, we're moving out. The dog is like sullenly and sulking down the stairs kind of scared mm-hmm. and the audience reacts oh mm-hmm. you, know, you can hear them they actually audibly reacted um when, i thought that was because they thought the dog was limping n- I, no okay no i think I they, they, they knew that they were like, I thought the, the dog is felt like, like the dog was tip, sick tiptoeing around this intense moment i thought they were anticipating the dog was going to come down and die no because the oh wow that would have been horrible. i thought that's what people were anticipating in that moment like See, they're having point, this big argument and the dog's going to come down and die while they're arguing at that point they had been using the dog as a we're cutting to the dog and the dog is doing something cute with its face we're cutting to the dog right. and it's doing this over here like the, you're right the dog was a central character throughout mm-hmm. this entire movie. yeah you knew there was a reason right and you don't know if it's because a dog is going to die at the end. But then they didn't really emphasize the dog as much as they could have. So I kind of put that out of my mind. And then at the end of the movie, it's kind of coming back in and, and the dog is talking. So that's the end of the story. Um, woof, woof. And yeah, and just in case you didn't get it, that I'm the narrator. Woof. woof. <laughs> yeah, because he's sitting in the window and he's looking across the neighbor. He's like, yeah, you know, they're good people. They're they're good people. They're just well, humans. Well, every, every house has a dog mm-hmm. that is all sitting of a sudden a some sort of omniscient mm-hmm. guide to our lives. Is mm-hmm. that what the movie was saying? Like, I don't know. This is but, what I'm trying but, to understand. Are dogs magical creatures? Are they... But there were parts what, in the movie where he observant. was saying, and what was the dog's name? Rock, R- Rupert? Rupert? No, no. Ruxin? R- yeah, R- 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 Rux... R- Rex. We'll just call him Rex. We'll just call him Rex for this, okay? So he would say, Rex and Rex movie. knew that he was just um, binge eating because he was yeah, nervous. Yeah, he was eating his feelings. But he was talking in third person. Yeah, yeah I know. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't hold up. If you go back and, yeah. you, and you watch it, 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 
if he's just telling us the story. So here's what you have to believe if this holds up. Number one, you have to believe dogs are magical creatures that know everything that goes on in our minds and what happens outside of their view. Okay? So you have to believe that. Uh, I mean, first of all, you have to believe they're intelligent and can speak in sentences. Uh, And then second, you have to believe that they are aware they're narrating a movie, so they have to trick you into not knowing it's them until the right point they can reveal it's them. Okay, and if you're going to do that... (laughs) It's ridiculous. If you're going to do that, only narrate in the scenes that the dog is in. Or something. Because, okay, this is going to sound crazy. I'll buy that the dog is the narrator, and I'll believe that he is self-aware and that he can communicate with us. Sure, But fine. only do that in scenes that the dog is there and he can give personal feedback on what is happening at that moment. On what he feels that the characters are going through. And then at the very but end, you know- reveal it's the dog. And then you can go back and be like, oh man, the entire movie, he was there and that's what he was thinking. He wasn't giving us the omnipotent here's I'm the all-knowing he's just giving you his personal thoughts for what's going on then it's a, then it's a cool way to well, narrate at least a it can work it at least work. it can work but uh, the thing is they know that that will give it away to smart viewing go- moviegoers like you you, you yeah, then can figure fine. it out give it away then I under that's what I say let us be smart moviegoers like yes. don't feel like you have to protect this twist so much that you ruin the integrity of the twist itself can don't I try and Shyamalan me here so Steve Martin on IMDb, he's not listed. He's there, but there's nothing about this movie. And then on the movie, he's not listed in the movie either. No, he's not. Why? Uh, yeah, he he's un- is. No, I mean on IMDb, he's uncredited. Oh, he's he's yeah. credited in the movie credits though. Yeah. No, I know. Oh, okay. But then I'm trying to look at the name of this dog, and I'm like, I can't find it. But anyway, yeah, because I I, lo- I tried to look it up earlier. And it he's was not on IMDb. for me that moment was the final. This movie is not something that I would recommend because it tries to be clever and it tries to just you know like do this fun little twist thing and it's just but it sacrifices legitimacy for the twist. Yeah. Instead of you know like you can the best quote unquote twists are the ones where you go back and watch a second time and it like, holds uh, up like six six cents uh, which is always brought up Fight Club. Is another one yeah, that you watch. You watch, you watch the movie, which of course transitions Rags. right into Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot's like that as well. You know, all those twists Secret, hold up yeah. if you go back and, mm-hmm. and watch them yeah. again. Rags. Rags is yeah. the name of the dog. Yeah. Rags, dog. But yeah. yeah. So so yeah, that's the movie. You can. There are so <laughs> many other Christmas home for the holiday movies that did it better. Yeah. yeah. So many that did it better. But if you are one of those people you need something fresh and you need something new. This isn't the best. It's an option. I have Here's a the risk. I think uh, this is a, some movies you can say you can go to it. You probably have a good time. You're going to smile a little bit. This movie, I feel like you could go to it. You might actually come out upset. You, you might actually come out hating it. And that's that's a risk. Yeah. You know, this you don't want to go movie. spend money mm-hmm. and then come out going, oh, I hated that. Like, yeah. You know? Thanks, guys, for recommending that movies, crap movie. Right. Well, there's some movies you can go, you know, even if it's not my thing, it's a harmless movie. You go, you'll right. smile. You, you know, I don't this know one, that this, this is that movie. This one's on the border. Yeah. It's, it's certainly for me, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I wouldn't recommend somebody go. Uh, maybe if it's on TV at some point in time in the future and you just want to watch it in the background kind of a thing. Maybe that'd be good. Okay, here's my theory that I came up with yesterday. Oh, fun. What if the entire movie and all of the backstories and all of the conversations and all that perspective is all wrong because it's coming from the dog? (laughs) That's funny. I like that. I think it might actually make the rest of the movie make sense now. (laughs) 
that ma- that plot twist may be. Oh man, why Rags you is go- just making stuff up. Yeah, yeah, the whole time. And so you go. That's back how th- Rags sees humans making out. Yeah, you know? that is. How- well, that's how dogs would make out if they did it, right? Like maybe the entire movie. Holy crap! That's this movie just turned into the most brilliant now. Brilliant thing in the world. I think you're giving it a little too much credit. I'm just saying it's a possibility. It also means then that none of the emotional stuff is valuable because it's through a faulty narrator. No, so, that can still be a truth. Like we can still have a moment from the dog's eyes. You can't eyes let it discount the ridiculous stuff and not let it discount the emotional stuff as well. No, I, if, a faulty if, narrator if makes everything faulty. If it's through the dog's eyes, everything mm-hmm. makes sense. Even the food. <laughs> falling out of the lady's mouth <laughs> suddenly it's like that's funny because it's what a dog would like what? this makes sense now what was the movie we went and saw that we reviewed that had a narrator in it just recently it was uh, i don't know i see so many movies and many of them unfortunately have narration which usually is a turn off to me just right off the bat but um the other thing about that theory though is he actually has moments in the movie where he's like this is what the human was thinking it was like but this is what it was really like so now like you're saying. Those. So now you're saying, not not. It's another level deeper. This is what I think the human thought it was like, but this is what I think it was really like. <laughs> but yeah. I actually like those. Those. Um. This is what he was thinking, but mm-hmm. then they showed you the reality. That was a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, wait, what? And there were parts where like, is this? There's well, no way this is example. real. Let's give an example. Let's give an example. Okay, there like was the an example up, where the, the little kid, his older brother up. is getting yeah. bullied, so he punches him like 40 feet across the room, and you're like, "It was epic." And you're like, "What? Or, That's not real." And then I thought in my head, "This is going to be a flashback," and then they show you, "This is what really happened." Yeah. And that wasn't the first time the movie did that. I think the first time it was I the remember army guy, doing right? was the army guy when he had. Oh, them they put the music in the ear. Having which, the cute, oh, that was such a cute the, thing. The meat cute or whatever, where they were like walking together on the yeah. The Even walkway I thought there's and, no way this would happen in real life. When and they then, were spinning, I was like, I mean, like, really? What? What? She's okay. And then it was, that all happened in his mind. Mm-hmm. That was clever. Yeah. That was clever. Yeah. Because I was thinking in my head, there's no way these people had just met each other would be swinging and throwing each other right. around. And then I'm like, this happened all in his head. I'm like, oh, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think the dog thing brings it all together. I'm, I'm standing <laughs> it behind either, that. It either crumbles. destroys the movie. Or <laughs> it, it makes, makes it the it best good. movie ever made. No, it crumbles there. Uh, well, the more f- I talk about it, the more do I not like this movie. <laughs> yeah. but I, there It's was- so hit or miss. When you talk about the things you don't like, you realize you really don't like them. Right. And when you talk about the things you do like, you realize, I really like okay. that. So it becomes this this real battle in your mind of, did I like it or didn't I? And that's, that's why I think this movie should have been about six characters. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that would have solved a lot of problems for it, and hey, it would have made it really obvious whether it worked or not. If it's still got the dog narrator, and it's still got them making out in the hot... I mean, there's still going to be those things, wrong, whether you narrow it down to six characters or not. It's more. There are more flaws in this movie than just too many characters. That's true. That is true. But anyhow, first I- step... Make the narrator just not a dog. <laughs> Step number or one. Or if you do, make it right. Make it work. Yeah, do that. Do that right. And since you're just hearing our voices, I guess now is as good a time to, as any to tell you we're actually all dogs. Yeah, uh, this, <gasps> yep. that's Whoa. the twist of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We just shamalog you. <laughs> what? We're, let's the, make, here's the real twist. You're a dog too. Let's make it obvious. Woof. 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 <laughs> Uh, thanks for hanging out for the spoilers guys Uh, we appreciate it we'll be back uh, next Friday to talk Hunger Games and have a good time doing it thanks for subscribing listening live uh, however you interact we love it we'll see you next time
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.